Hey guys, welcome back to Talk with KSB, where faith meets conversation. My name is Kenke, for those of you who don't know me. And for those of you who do know me, welcome back to Talk with KSB. So yeah, let's get straight into what we have for today. So um, I I was going to talk today about false humility. And I think that it's an interesting conversation to have because false humility, I see, is not something that people really realize that they have. And because of that, um, I feel like it also kind of tampers with their relationship with God, if that makes sense. So I was watching a video the other day and the woman was talking about how like people don't receive things from God because of false humility. Just does that make sense? But like, I found it really interesting because I realized that I had a problem. So I was talking to a friend the other day and I was talking about how I'm so used to a rewarding culture. And I feel like a lot of people are too. I mean, in in this world, with the kind of education system that we have, and even in some people's homes, we have a reward culture. You do well and then you get something because of how you did okay like in school you do well you get a prize in school and because of how well you did in school your parents reward you or in school um you do well in a subject and you know you get an accreditation there's a form of rewarder culture and so we always feel like we need to work for something to earn it does that make sense and i feel like we what happens is that we then translate that into salvation. We then translate that into Christianity that we have to work for what God wants to give us. We have to work for the kind of grace that God wants to bestow onto us, if that makes sense. And so I was thinking, because, you know, there's some promises that God has been trying to not trying to make to me that God has made to me. And I found it very difficult to accept or difficult to receive because I feel like I'm not deserving of it. But I feel like it shouldn't, it shouldn't have ended, oh, I don't deserve this thing, so why should I get it? Because I don't think I've worked for it. It should go beyond, I don't think I deserve it, to but yet. So is I don't deserve it, but yet. And I never try to get to that place of but yet. Like, I don't deserve it, but yet God gives it to me. And I feel like by the time we start pushing ourselves beyond the I don't deserve it, to the but yet then we reach a true state of humility then we reach the true state of whatever we have we don't particularly deserve but god still wants to give it to us okay like now take for instance the death of jesus obviously a lot of us went there when jesus died for our sins we are riding on the belief that you know he did and we love him for it but thinking about it now like There's nothing that we can ever do. There's nothing that we can ever do or ever say to make us earn that death of Jesus Christ. Like God came in man. He was fully human and he died for our sins. But like we can never truly earn that act of love, that singular act of love. I don't think we can ever get to a position where we will ever earn that kind of sacrifice. But at the same time, imagine knowing that jesus died for your sins and you stop at but i don't deserve it it's not just you don't deserve it it's that you don't deserve it but yet it still happened for you but yet it still worked out for you so then i realized that i found myself struggling i found myself struggling with the but yet i found myself in the gray area of i don't deserve it and but yet if that makes sense i feel like i'm using a lot of words but i found myself stuck in the hollow space of I don't deserve it, but I don't think I've 
reached that place of but yet. So with the promises of that God had made to me, I found myself on a back and forth kind of scale. Like, okay, I'm going to work hard so that this thing will happen for me. I'm going to work hard so that, you know, like this thing will really, really happen. But at the same time, I was in the place of, but I don't think I deserve this thing. I don't think I should have this thing. I don't think I should get this thing, if that makes sense. And I never wanted to push myself to the but yet, but yet God wants to do it for me. I don't deserve it, but yet God wants to still give it to me. I don't think I can ever earn this, but yet God still wants to give it to me. And I feel like a lot of times we have prided, prided. I feel like a lot of times we have paraded, um, pride to be like boasting. We have made pride look like, you know, or somebody saying how much money that they have or you know how you behave when you get a grade and you're like "Mm -hmm, of course I got this grade that kind of thing we have limited pride to being the these kind of things but we don't recognize false humility as a form of pride because it looks like humility I googled what false humility was because I wanted um to understand a bit more and they they gave me an example of humble bragging when you're trying to say how humble you are and trying to be modest and trying to be lowly and trying to be well lowliness is actually kind of humility but try to make yourself small do you get what i'm saying one form of false humility that i realized that i had and i realized that a lot of people also have is not being able to ask for help and i'm trying my hardest to unlearn it because I realized that because I couldn't ask anybody for help, I found it difficult to ask God for help because I didn't want to stress God out. I thought that, you know, I couldn't come to God with my problems because he has better things to deal with. And when the Bible says that God created me, so he will bear my problems. But I said in my mind, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to ask God for any help because no, like I don't need to. I got to that place where I felt like I was so humble that I did not need to ask God for any help because I didn't want to stress him out. You know what? I'm helping God out some way. Like, think talking about it out loud right now, I realize how proud that sounds. But in my mind, it wasn't that, you know, um, prideful. Is that the word? Yeah, I'm going to say that that's the word. So that was it for me. So like, I remember... I won't be able to ask my friends for help. If like I'm struggling in school, I won't be able to ask my friends for help. I won't be able to, you know, ask lecturers for help. I won't be able to ask anybody for help because I wanted to do it by myself. I wanted to make it on my own. My mom always told me, ask for help, ask for help. If you need anything, ask for help. But I was like, no, I will not ask for help. And even though I'm unlearning it, I realized that I still have it at the back of my head somehow guys even when i'm baking even when i'm baking i refuse like if i check the ingredients once i feel like i've gotten it the other day i tried to make chin chin right and i checked the ingredients once and i was like yeah i've gotten it and when i was frying it it wasn't like doing up well and i was so sad like why isn't this thing frying and i tried it another day like the day after and it was still not working out for me and i was like so fed up because i was just like but like i did everything well but at the same time like i didn't check the ingredients properly and i put baking soda instead of baking powder that was really embarrassing i will not lie to you guys but my friend kept telling me check the ingredients check the ingredients check the ingredients and i was like yeah no i'm not going to check the ingredients because i checked it once and i don't need to go back and check it because i got this in my mind not asking for help was a way of showing that you know this is a form of humility like you know i don't need 
to always ask for help. I don't need to always trouble people. You know, I can always do it by myself. But really and truly, I can't. And thinking about it now is one of the many reasons why God created community. It's one of the many reasons why God created the church. Because no one single person can do everything. The Bible says that we see in part and we prophesy in part. And imagine if a band of believers came together to see in, in different parts and prophesy in different parts. The, the picture that they will create or curate together is better than the one singular picture that one person could create on their own. Even in the Bible, it says, you know, that three people will bound together to keep themselves warm. If one person falls, it's easier for the three people to get up, sorry, is for the two people to keep each other warm. But like, yeah, those are the things that kind of just got me thinking, kind of just got me thinking about false humility and how it affects our relationship with God. Like me personally, I could not then ask God for help. There were times that I'll be struggling, but I will not know how to go to God for help because I felt like that was a way to show that, you know, I, I'm taking what I'm, I'm, I've been given. I'm you know, I'm dealing with how my life has been dealt, how my life cards have been dealt. I'll be like, you know what? Yeah, it's okay. I'm cool. I'm fine. And it's just until recently that I started realizing that I needed to ask God for help. Every time I felt like I needed help, I needed to go on my knees every time that I felt like I needed help from God and God will literally provide it for me. So it wasn't just, I don't deserve God's help. I then had to push myself to the point of, I don't deserve God's help yet. He wants to give it to me. The Bible says that I look up my eyes to the hills from whence come my help. My help coming from the Lord. Like not just that you can't do it by yourself, but that God said, okay, you know what? I will help you. Not just that. I don't deserve God's help. Not just that I don't deserve God's relationship, but the grace of God has made it so that you know, you can still have it, but yet, and I feel like when we come to that realization of but yet, we really try our best to get to the position of true humility, that I can't do these things unless Christ strengthens me, and I can never be able to do these things until I get to the point of understanding that it's Christ that gives me that strength. Does that make sense? And I feel like once we start to, I say I feel like so many times, I'm so sorry, once we get to that place, once we get to that position where we can acknowledge that it's not just you don't deserve it, but yet. It's not just I don't deserve it, but like you can push yourself to the point that I don't deserve it, but yet God still wants to give it to me. And, you know, the um, I watched the video and the, the woman was talking about how it's one of the many reasons why you find it difficult to receive things from God. I cannot, I personally, I cannot, I find it very difficult to receive gifts. Like if somebody wants to gift me something randomly, I find it very difficult to receive gifts because I'm just like, I haven't done anything to earn this gift. So why do you want me to, why do you want to give me this gift? Like I am like that oftentimes. And I realized that, that that's kind of bad. Not because like, oh, people should just be giving me gifts randomly, but I find that it's translated into my relationship with God. Sometimes I felt like I didn't earn it. And because I didn't earn it, I didn't need to get it. Does that make sense? So if I found it really, really difficult to get things from God or receive things that God wanted to give me, because I was like, I haven't done anything to earn this thing. So why do you want to give it to me? But God is like, it's not just that I want to give it to you because you did something. It is that even though you didn't do something, even though like you haven't done, earned it, quote unquote, 
you i still want to bless you with this thing i still want to give you this thing like i always get into my mind of how okay like how can i prove to god that you know this thing is mine or how can i understand i always try and understand how god will do it because i haven't really done anything to get it i haven't really done anything to deserve it if that makes sense because like it's not you will never do anything to deserve it but i want to do it for you because i want to have that relationship with you does that make sense i want to use your life as a testimony and then i think that we should also get to the point where we allow our lives to be testaments to other people if that makes sense like we should get to the point where god does things for us because he wants our lives to reach other people and you shouldn't put your hand in the way of what god wants to do because what god wants to do for you is not only for you that's one thing what god wants to do in your life is not only for your life it's not only for yourself it's for other people to see and know that god is real to see and know that god is true to see and know that god when god promises something when god makes a promise he does not lie when god says something he does exceedingly abundantly above what we can ever think or imagine that that's the place that god wants us to get to that the life that you're living is not just for yourself. The life that you're living is also for the unbeliever. The life that you're living is also meant to show other people that, yes, you know what? Like, you can live life and God can give you things and other people can see the glory of the God, of God resting upon you. And they want to know what is it about you? What makes you so different? And you tell them, I haven't done anything to be so different. I haven't done anything to deserve all these things. But yet God still wants to do it for me and God still wants to do it for other people. And your life has to be, you know, an example of that. So I think another place, another point of humility is not, it's just, it's not just that another place of humility rather is that it's not just for you. It's for other people as well. It's not just for you to be happy and blessed and glad. I mean, that is part of it. Glory be to God. But it's also for other people to see that God is good because you have tasted and seen. You're an example. You're a walking example. So other people can then know that, wow, like I want to serve this God that they are serving because he seems to follow through on everything that he says. And now I'm not saying that it's easy, obviously, because sometimes you will get into your own mind. I know personally as a person, can care i get into my own mind about how god wants to do these things or why god wants to do these things or how it will ever work because of the life i've lived or of the mistakes i've made or and i think myself into a black hole of why 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 do i deserve this why do i deserve this and sometimes i i and i've obviously i've stayed there for a while i will stay there for a long for long periods of time because i don't understand but god still gives me the grace I still gives me the grace to push to the point of I will never deserve these things. But God still did it for me. But God still, you know, loves me this much. The scripture that just came to mind is that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Like, it's not as if the world did anything for him. If anything, the world hated God. The world at the time that God sent Jesus did not care for, you know, Jesus did not care for a Messiah. They were living in sin, horribly. They were horribly living and they didn't love God. The world didn't love God, but God loved the world. And because God loved the world, he sent that grace. He sent that grace, not just for the world at that time, but for the world that was to come. And I just find that so interesting that it's not just that, you know, they didn't love him. 
he loved them. You know, we say, the Bible says that we, we love God because he first loved us. It's never about anything that we did. It's just that he loves us. How he does that on his own, I don't know. That is his own wisdom and that is his own power. But he first loved us and so we love him back because of it. Do you understand what I'm saying? That I feel like is so interesting. It's not just we love God. We don't just love God. God first loved us. God first sent his love to us. God first loved us through his grace. And then because of that, we then love him back. The instigator of the loving is God. And not because we did anything before we even came to him, before we were even Christians. God loved us. Whether as children or as his creations, he loved us. And I feel like that's something that we really need to be able to digest and think about and think upon. And let that wash over us and then really be able to acknowledge God because of that. So, yeah, that I think that was really nice. That was really cool. Um, So I hope you have been blessed by this conversation. Have a wonderful week.